You know what they got at Fratelloni's Ace Hardware? They got the uh, the bug gun that you put the salt in. And you, can sit there, you can sit there in the patio and knock off flies and mosquitoes and stuff. It's not one grain of salt at Fratelloni's That's Ace Hardware. That's what I thought it was. You, you put the salt in the, in the uh, it's called an assault gun. Get it? Assault. <laughs> assault. I got it. Put salt. The salt in Thank there. you to Fratelloni's Ace Hardware. Right now, podcast no, uh, from the mayor's number 20 resumed. Above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom. And occasionally, Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushere. Frequent contributor Downing has a great point. Did you note this headline in Sunday's Pioneer Press? Who owns more guns, Walls or Johnson? The correct answer might surprise you. Yes, I did note that headline, and I read the story. I did, too. Dave Oreck goes on to reveal the surprise that DFL or Walls owns three guns, but GOP or Johnson owns none. And frequent contributor Downing has two points. What's the surprise? Does this reveal a Pioneer Press bias that assumes Republicans to be gun nuts? Yeah, probably. Number two, I can remember a time when DFLers would have been considered more likely gun owners than GOPers, but that was back when the DFL still represented farmers and miners and hardworking people from small towns, not just the Minneapolis liberals and those who rule from the salon. Right, education. He's, he's right, he's right. Nothing about that headline surprised me. No, but I, I read it right away on Sunday Jeff morning. Jeff Johnson can be uh, uh, in favor of the Second Amendment as he's not required to own a gun. Right, but it also said he's he's hunted and he you know he's hunted all his life. I'm glad you brought his name up. Um, Wes Walls? No, uh, is it Wes Walls? Johnson, Tim, uh, Walls. Tim Walls, Tim Walls. Where am I getting Wes Walls? Hockey, Hockey player. That's right. Fox Wild. Sports North. Yeah, great dude. Woodbury guy. So I get it that it's it's that season where we're just going to be inundated with television ads. That's why I could be in Duralton, Scotland, right now. But yeah. honest to God, I'm not going to name the place because it's not. I'm sure it's not the place's fault. I was pumping gas yesterday. Okay. And on the little TV screen, they were coming up. No, Le- leave me alone. Oh, I don't like that trend in gas stations. I, I want to pump gas in peace. Exactly. I don't want to hear a TV show. I, I don't need to. I don't need what's what's trending. And yeah. I just leave me alone and let me pump my gas. My guy Sean at my station has that. Drives me crazy. Yeah. But I, I would go so far as to say we need to ban all of those political ads. On both sides. But they're all full of lies. It's just nonstop. And it's paid for by someone behind the curtain. And just just ban them. How about limit them to uh, 10 days before the election? Or make them the most expensive. You know, right now they pay the lowest rate. Mm-hmm. It should be, you have to pay the most expensive rate. Okay. Halloween update. Halloween. What do you got? Happy, ruined happy ruined Halloween. for children by adults. Okay. The first uh, episode was the uh, bloody hand... Uh, in a window in Fargo, and the words "Help me" written in blood. Yes. I yeah. thought it was a plane crash. No, we've had that too, but that the, was a long time. That was a long time. Ago. Oh. One Southern community is outraged over a sickening Halloween display and accusing the homeowners of bigotry and racism. The controversial display featured what appeared to be a black man hanging from a noose in a tree in a front yard in Homewood, Alabama. Nobody could be that stupid. Well, even in guy, Alabama, come this on. This guy sounds pretty dumb. Oh. 
Alexis Cumbie of Birmingham, Alabama, posted the image on Facebook stating that it looked like a fake display of a lynching. A friend of mine was driving through Homewood, Alabama today and witnessed a sickening display in the front lawn of a home, Cumbie wrote on Facebook over the weekend. The owner of this display has refused to take this down, she continued. I'm encouraging everyone to share this post until Birmingham news outlets cover this. I'm not encouraging violence nor harassment on this homeowner. Let's not meet bigotry at eye level, but also let's publicly condemn acts of racism in our beloved neighborhoods. All right. Uh, I I really, even in Alabama, I can't believe somebody would be that. um, The homeowners are Jennifer and Mark Wolf. They claim that they only became aware of the public reaction on Sunday morning and promptly removed the display from the yard. We're not racist. Did I make a mistake? I guess so, Mark Wolf told local outlet Alabama.com. I can see the critic's point, but we just hung up because that's how it came. If they want to say we're insensitive and should have known better, I'll own up to that. The couple told the outlet when they bought the decorations, they assumed it was a white man who had been badly burned. Um, no, <laughs> let me just... Uh, it comes after a let's... Halloween display in an Illinois... Uh... At an Illinois home sparked similar backlash because it appeared to depict a black lynching victim. All right, these people are, see, they disenfranchise me. These people vote. They're so bleeping stupid that they, they. but here's why it, it makes the file for adults ruining Halloween. I don't care who you're hanging. Oh, no, no, no. Uh-huh. I see the picture of it right now. Yeah. That, uh, no. But here's why it makes the file. I don't care who you're hanging. It ain't funny. No. No. What? You're stealing the thunder from kids by putting up these grotesque displays. And these morons, they, they apparently they ordered this. Probably from Amazon. Probably. Well, then well, Amazon should be held accountable for selling such a ridiculous thing. I can't. Okay, well, they. It looks like a ghost or goblin, but they. It looks like they added the the noose. You know, there can be a scary ghost or goblin. That's fine. Boo. Uh, but they chose to hang this thing from a tree, and that's where they're wrong. You know what? It was probably a whole kit, uh, and it comes with a noose. Uh, I'm trying to see. I have no idea. You know what? That's a good point. I want to see if you can buy something like that. <laughs> Nothing, su- nothing surprises me. What? Nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me. It really me doesn't. I can still be surprised, I think. Oh, my God. What, what did you find? Well, <clears throat> Amazon.com. Not only can you buy what Rookie is looking at online right now, uh, but you can also buy yourself a costume complete with noose. Really? What in the hell is wrong with people? Is it, Af- is does, it black? Does it depict a white person uh, well, or just a costume? According to the picture, it's just a costume. Mm-hmm. What? What? I'm, I don't know anybody as stupid as Mark and Jennifer Wolf in Homewood, Alabama. Now that I think about it. Uh, I don't know anybody that's stupid. I know some pretty dumb people, but not that stupid. I'm going to tell you a funny story. I'm going to tell you a funny story. Okay. It's the funniest story I've ever heard in my life. Come on, don't say that. From, you've said, from you've a little a kid. From a little kid. Okay. Okay, I, I know of a kid, third grade, yep. who uh, yesterday's word that they had to learn 
was Bellow, B-E-L-L-O-W. And yep. this child uh, correctly uh, looked it up because that's part of the assignment right, apparently. Sure. Uh, the characteristic <clears throat> of making a loud noise as though made by a bull, right? Yep. All right. Then the <laughs> and use it in a sentence. Yes, they had to. They had to use it in a sentence. <laughs> and this kid wrote. Below the sink are cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> and the father of this kid yeah. put out a mass text saying he wants his money back from school. <laughs> I, uh, you know, and I saw this last night. Oh, my night. God, I'm still laughing. Below the home? sink are cabinets. Yep. What did you see? We had a... Well, I saw that. It was uh, it was put out on social media. Oh, that made the rounds. That everywhere, made the huh? rounds, yeah. and that was we got a big chuckle in my in my home last night. God help me. Below the sink are cabinets. <laughs> so my response on the texting string was maybe she got confused and thought there was a bull below the sink. Sure. Yeah. Oh God. There was... is nothing better than the mind of the first, second, and third grade child. Well, in this case, or the absence of a mind. Or the absence. Right. <laughs> Wow. I thought it was wonderful. That's pretty good. I thought it was wonderful. That's pretty good. Uh, I got to tell you about something when we come back that I've always wondered about, and I'm completely disappointed in now finding out its origins. As we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Sucheray. Damn, they can play. This is Johnny and Dylan? Yep. We need more from them. Yeah, I'll say it. Actually, more Dylan than John. Oh. <laughs> All right. I, I was disappointed. I, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was disappointed to learn this. On the gas gauge of your car, is there an arrow pointing you to which side of the car the uh, gas door is on? I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Yeah. Uh, Yes, but it still confuses me. How could it? Why? Because between (laughs) German cars and American cars, I can never figure it out. Can I ask you something? Yep. (laughs) No. In, In either case, doesn't the gas gauge provide an arrow? Yeah, but I don't think it's right all the time. Oh yeah, let us in. Here no, we go. I, I, I because I'm I get confused about it when I'm filling up cars for my kids or myself. Well, I try to look at the arrow, but it's not always this right. Well, are you, what is it? Is it is it a hologram? Is this kind of move around depending what day it's it is? It's not clear. Does the arrow move around? Or the other? Hey, this time uh, we'll fool and put the arrow no, over here. No, it doesn't change. But I I don't think it's Matt. accurate, oh. Matt. Well, Matt, oh. for God's sakes. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Get the, get the scan bucket out. What do you mean you don't think it's accurate? It's accurate. Yeah, it's not like it moves. It doesn't move, but I don't think. On the German car, the... you're talking about a kid's car. <clears throat> yes. On the German car, is the arrow on the gas gauge? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but I know that that car is on the passenger side. I know that for a fact it's on the passenger side. you've learned the hard way, I guess. Yeah, I've had to move the car a couple no. times. No. Forget. And I don't think those arrows offer enough help. What in the what? hell do you want? I, I, 
Honestly, you're scaring me now. No, 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 no you're frightening me. No, I'm gonna go look. What did I drive today? I drove the Honda. You know, it's a shame you only have what about seven or eight cars. Yeah. Okay, you drove a Honda. Mm-hmm. A Honda SUV. Yeah, pilot of of disreputable condition. Uh no, is, that's the silver Honda. This is Matthew's old car. Whatever. Is yeah. the arrow on the gas gauge of the Honda? I don't remember. Oh my gosh. But I know that that's on the passenger side. Well, you've been no help. I'm no, I'm going to go. I'm going to look. Today I'm going to look and I'll report back. I'm going to every car I have I'm going to see if it's clear that the no. arrow points to Even what better. side the thing is on. You're going to tweet out a photo. Yeah. I'm going to say, I found it. Yeah. I'm going to boom, boom. But you have no business insisting that the, the these uh, icons are not helpful if you don't even know if you have it or not. Well, because they're all on different sides and different. But that's why the arrow was on there. Let me get to the point okay, of all the story. Because I think I'm. I find, it, I find it to be a terribly useful device of, of uh, automotive triviality. Okay, well, I'm, I'm terribly grateful <clears throat> that that little arrow is there. Because like you, I'm, I'm filling the tanks of other cars that I'm not in that routinely. But there's the little arrow. And unlike you, that doesn't confuse me. I know where to pull up at the gas station. Okay, I'm, I'm doing an experiment after the, uh, sh- after the podcast. I'll look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I thought, why hasn't that been that way forever? I, 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 I don't did, know the history. Well, here's the history. This is why I'm bringing it up. Oh. Uh, it's a uh, a little unlabeled triangle, usually right next to the gas pump icon. For those in the know, it indicates what side of the car the fuel filler door is on so you don't pull up on the wrong side of the pump. For those in the know, what do you, you don't need a degree from MIT to figure out what that little arrow means. Mm-hmm. There's no general consensus among automakers as to which side this should be. So the arrow is particularly helpful to renters and new car owners. But whose idea was it? Yeah. The Every Little Thing podcast, which I'm unfamiliar with, recently took on the challenge of answering that question and tracked down the story. On a rainy day in 1986, a Ford interior trim engineer named Jim Moylan said he was foiled by a company pool car that he needed to fill up when he first went to the wrong side and got extra soaked in the rainfall. Motivated by the incident, he wrote a memo to his supervisors suggesting some sort of indicator should be added to the gauge, and then he forgot about it. Three years later, it turned up in the 1989 Ford Escort and Mercury Tracer, it was eventually copied to by all other automakers over the years, even though there are no regulations that require it. That said, while Moylan's idea was clearly independent and the spark of genius that led to the symbol's widespread adoption, an earlier version of the instructional triangle may have turned up a decade earlier. Jalopnik's Jason Torchinsky pointed out on the podcast that the low fuel light located inside of the fuel gauge of the 1976 Mercedes-Benz W123 sedan is shaped like a triangle and happens to point toward the side of the car that you need to fill up on, but the automaker could not confirm the reasoning behind it. Instead, its first documented use of the symbol for for fuel filler location was in 1997. Moylan didn't file a patent on the design, but said he's happy to point it out to anyone who looks like they need it, never taking credit when he does. How could that have been something in an industry so... 
profound as the automotive industry that this is such a recent development? Why, why had that not occurred to anyone? To put a little arrow. Uh, <clears throat> because maybe, you know, cars way back also had that, you know, behind the plate. Yeah, that's true. But no, that wasn't always the case. But all you case. do then, all you see, the icon uh, is a little gas pump with a hose. Yep. And then on either side of it is a is a triangle pointing to which side of the uh, car the fuel filler door is on. If, if it was in the back in the old days, you would have just had the triangle pointing to the back of the car. Mm. Although um, there is one difference in the great film Vacation, Chevy Chase has to get the gas can up by the uh, by the antenna. Yeah. Remember, he couldn't find it where to fill up the, the family truck stand. Oh, yeah. Way, one exception. Mm-hmm. That must have been a Hollywood car. I think so. Probably be a Hollywood car. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to uh, express my amazement that this is a recent, f- that recent much, development. That much here is being made out of something that I would have thought would have been just uh, par for the course. And, and it shocks me that no one had thought of this until some guy as recently as 1986 pulled up on the wrong side, got out in the rain, had to realize he was on the wrong side, got in his car, turned around, went to the right side. It shocks me that it took these guys that long to figure that out. But, it, it okay. Oh, boy, I'm going to risk the scan bucket here. That's fine. Ooh, but but did we – so, in other words, it, it, it looks like it was a development with, with rental cars. Did we rent cars as frequently back then as we do now? Get the scan bucket. See, that's what I'm well, – yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was willing to risk it. That's what you did. See, I don't think we did. Car? Oh, yes, we did. Really? Oh, God, yes. Okay. Car running? Yes. You could rent a car. I have. I you, do have I'll a serious question, though. The world's fastest car is a rental car. <laughs> Why aren't they all uniform? Why aren't they all on the driver's side or the passenger side? I will side? accept that as a reasonable question. Or the or behind the plate. I, I don't know why they. One would, side or the other is what you're saying. Would it have the? No, that's just London where they drive on the other side. I accept that as a reasonable question. Uh, let's review that sentence. Uh, <clears throat> I can't find the uh, find the sentence. There's no. Uh, it would be a hell of a lot easier if all of those were all on the driver's side or all because it's. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, three years later, uh, it, it turned up on the 1989 Ford Escort and Mercury Tracer and was eventually copied by all other automakers over the years, even though uh, there are no regulations that require it. Oh, I see what they're saying. There are no regulations that require you need that little triangle. And oh, apparently okay. there are no regulations that determine which side of the car you fill the car uh, you fill the tank up with. Uh, so it's just a matter of preference for the automaker. I guess. Apparently, PBS did a documentary on this back in 2009. You're kidding. Why do cars have fuel doors it on different sides? It wouldn't be worth the whole documentary. Well, they did it. Obviously, there was enough people that were interested in it. What did they find out? Uh, why do some cars have the fuel filler door on the driver's side while others have it on the passenger side? Oh, my God. This guy gives like a 17-page explanation why. Well... I don't need a 17-page explanation. One of the most frustrating experiences is driving a rental car. It doesn't really look like. In the United States and other countries in which motorists drive on the right side of the road, it is easier to turn right than to turn left across oncoming traffic. A majority of drivers will thus buy gas at stations they can enter by turning right. Suppose gas tanks were always on the driver's side of the car. What? Drivers would then have to park on the right side of an open pump in order to fill their tanks. Yeah, but both, uh, I'm thinking of two cars at home. 
the uh, the filler doors are both on the left side of the car. During crowded hours, all spots on the right sides of pumps would be filled, even while most spots on the left sides of pumps remained empty. Hmm. That's confusing. Well, what I'm most uh, interested in you discovering is if you, if you uh, could possibly notice one of these things on, on one of your cars. Um, I have, and I'm really not even joking. On these several different cars, I'm going to really pay attention right now, but it, it I think it's confusing. I don't think there's that uh, uh, triangle with an arrow. I don't – every once in a while, I'll see one of those gas hose things on the right side or the left side, and then that one I know is going to be on the passenger or driver. Your, your knack scale <laughs> no. is no. below zero right now. No, no, no. Yeah, no. it's below zero. Is it on the right or the left side, though? I'm is, going to check on every single vehicle we have. I'm going to look tonight. This is extremely. And, you, and and you're gonna you're gonna you I will, I will redeem myself on the NAC scale because you'll go yeah that's a little confusing that's not that's not straightforward. I promise. So just don't talk don't write me off yet. I've got another uh, item that plays into your constant hope of. Discovering a Rembrandt at a oh garage God. sale. When, or, when is that going to happen for me, Lord? I, Please. I know. When is that going to happen? Here's a guy in Michigan. Uh, I don't know the story. He's been using what he thought was a large 22-pound rock to prop open his door at home for the last 30 years. Oh, no. Okay. Except it wasn't a rock. What was it? Almost an oompa quiz, isn't it? Yeah. Probably can't even play that, can you? No, we really can't. Are you going to reveal when we come back? Yeah. Let me let me soak it up. And he was using it as a doorstop, a that's, rock. That's right. But it wasn't a rock. All right. You know, our friends at RF Moeller Jeweler have been supporters of Garage Logic for 25 years. I've been friends with Mark Moeller for at least that much. That's a family business, 67 years in business. And tell me this. You don't last 67 years by taking advantage of people. It's truly a family business that involves six of the molars. Do business with RF Molar Jeweler because they support the podcast and we want to support them. Because without the likes of RF Molar Jeweler, there is no podcast. Now get this. October is watch month at RF Molar Jeweler. You stop at any one of their three stores, Ford and Cleveland and St. Paul. That's the flagship. That's the home base. That's what Dad started back in the early 50s. Uh, 50th in France in Edina, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. Stop into any one of the three stores and tell them uh, tell them you listen to the podcast and you'll receive $250 off any watch purchase of $500 or more. RF Moeller uh, Jeweler is supporting the GL podcast. Please support them. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Say, before I give you this oompa quiz, yeah. uh, the, we have to note, uh, however, unfortunately, we had another person die yesterday hit by a light rail train. I saw that. Oh, I missed the Right where? in the midway. Right in the midway. Hamlin and University, University and Syndicate. Police said two pedestrians tried to cross the tracks as the train was approaching. Oh, my God. One of them made it, and the other was struck. That's your fault. I'm sorry. Yep. That's an unnecessary risk. If you get hit by a train, 
That's your fault. They're giant. They're colorful. They make loud noises. They have horns and whistles. Lights. We almost need to come up with a term, unfortunate as it may be, because this last Saturday, the bride and I went to the Gopher game. We parked here. We took the train down. We actually had to come back because she had to uh, she had to bring back her oversized purse. So we wrote it down twice. All right. You mean they wouldn't let the purse on the train? No, they wouldn't let the purse inside the stadium. It's a long story. Okay. Oh. It has to be a clear plastic bag. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. We're so precious. But in any event, every time we left this platform, I saw someone nearly get hit. I don't understand that. I don't either. It, it, and it's young people. It's all the, in, in every case I dealt with over the weekend, it was someone in their early to mid-20s. They're just they're not paying attention. But what they don't also realize is, hey, it's okay if you miss this one. Another one's going to be here in nine minutes. Right. right. Boom. Uh, well, they, the, the victim was taken to Regions Hospital where he died. We don't have an age or a name. Uh, Police said they will review the video to see what led to the incident. Uh, I, I don't understand it. If you get hit by a train, it's your fault. If you're a pedestrian you get hit by a train, it is your fault. <clears throat> How unfortunate it is. Don't try to beat the train. So there's a guy in Michigan. Oh, yeah. He's using what he thought was a large 22-pound rock to prop open a door at his home for the last 30 years. Except it wasn't a rock. And it was worth more than $100,000. It was well, a piece of quartz. Nope. What was it? I gave this some thought during the break, and I thought for sure it would have been. Quartz. Yeah, mm. the quartz where you, you, know, you yeah. open it up and then it's beautiful inside. It was some type of mineral. Uh... The unnamed man brought the meteorite to Central Michigan University to be examined out of curiosity. Zinc. Central Michigan University geology professor Mona Sebescu said that of all her time at the school, this was the first rock she's tested that actually turned out to be a blank, because that's your test quiz. Turned out to be a blank. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't alive. It wasn't a like an armadillo. Or it's a- the most valuable specimen I have ever held in my life monetarily <laughs> and scientifically, Sebescu added. Noting that the blank is composed of 88.5% iron and 11.5% nickel. What are you laughing at? You just asked, was it something alive? Not no, alive. no, like a like an armadillo. And every like time a frozen he, one, you mean? No, well, every time he would Petrified, use it for I mean. the door stop, the thing would probably seize up, so he thought it was a rock. I know it's stupid. That's a dumb. <laughs> it's all right. I the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. corroborated Serbescu's analysis that the 22-pound rock is indeed a blank and apparently the sixth largest of its type to be discovered in Michigan. Central Michigan University estimates the meteorite's value at around $100,000. Huh. I just said the word. You missed it. It's a meteor. Yeah, meteorite. Oh, I thought my next guess was going to be a diamond. You know, like a a roughed-in diamond. No. The man said he was able to discover the meteorite's origins, well, noting that he'd spoken with the farmer who originally discovered the rock in the 1930s. The man said that the original farmer said he heard the meteorite come crashing down and it made a heck of a noise when it hit. When the original farmer and his father went out to examine the damages the next morning, they discovered a crater and in it, the meteorite. Okay, time out. Mm-hmm. Aren't all rocks at one point a meteor? I don't think so. I don't think so. How do we distinguish? I mean, we don't, we, they know where that rock. Probably the, because of the content of iron and nickel. Oh. You know, a rock in your yard probably isn't iron and it's nickel. It's just a bunch of Just whatever rock. rocks are. Okay. 
Uh, when the original, uh, the man who lived on the farm for a few years moved and took the meteorite with him, according to the report, the man had been using the meteorite as a doorstep for the last 30 years. He was inspired to have it checked out by the university after a rise in meteorite discoveries in Michigan. What typically happens with these at this point is that meteorites can either be sold and shown in a museum or sold to collectors and sellers looking to make a profit, Serbescu said in a statement. The unnamed man is reportedly actively looking to sell the meteorite but has not yet found a buyer. He has agreed to donate 10% of the meteorite sale price to Central Michigan University to go toward the studies of earth and atmospheric sciences when and if it sells. We don't have a, a price range, though, do we? 100000 For a rock. It's a, it's a, it's meteor, a meteor. It's a meteor. It's a meteorite. Huh. And if you had that, if you were a collector, I didn't know that people collected meteorites. What do you do with it? Reeves, Google, yep. what distinguishes a meteorite from a rock? And I bet it's the iron content. <clears throat> and I don't know why it would be so valuable. Well, that's what, that's what I'm having trouble with. Well, because it came from space. Yeah. What's the difference between a rock and a hard place? And a meteorite. A meteorite. meteorite. Okay. Oh, I spelled meteorite wrong. Are you guys aware of this? Uh... Okay, here we go. Sorry, really quick. There are three classes of meteorites. Stony, iron, and stony iron. This one's iron. A meteorite is heavier than an ordinary rock and will be attracted to a magnet. Uh-huh. Well, that's cool. Nobody the, ever bothered in 30 years to put a magnet on this thing. The condition right. of a meteorite can range from fresh to very weathered. Fresh meteorites have fusion crust and aerodynamic shape and possibly thumbprints. Well, this is just a jagged... I, can, I don't blame the original farmer. This is just a jagged piece of rock that looks like a rock. Mm. Hmm. Well, actually, it doesn't. It's very black. Uh, meteorites also have a higher density than earth rocks. You mm-hmm. can tell uh, between the distance or for, between the first and the second measurements in its volume. Mm-hmm. Ah. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to say the following at the risk of, of great mocking, but uh, that's what we're here for. I'm a taxpayer, so I can watch a PBS if I find something interesting. And uh, the American Experience has got a, a series going on the uh, history of the circus in America. It's fantastic. And it, it concluded last night with the uh, the Ringling Brothers from Baraboo, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. getting their feet uh, into the mix. And then, obviously, that becomes Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. And, uh, or the show like Sword Swallowers and Well, women getting circus. shot out of cannons. and Well, it's okay. how, the, how it's transformed okay. from uh, what, what really made the circus uh, a, a popular American phenomenon was when they finally got to trains when they could put the whole show on a train and then get okay. to the next big town. Oh, traveling, yeah. Set it up. Sure. And uh, fortunes were made by these guys. Fortunes were made. Did they hang on to their money? I have no idea about that. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know what to expect in part two. Uh What's the what's the uh, what's the Dodger? Part two is coming up, we got something huh? to look forward to tonight. Huh? Yeah, well, it's gonna Strong be work. rainy. You know okay. what the hell? Yeah, yeah. you're in, right? Uh, oh hell yes. Yeah. Uh, are the Dodgers and the Yankees now tied two two? Uh, that'd be your Yankees and Red. I'm Sox. sorry, Yankees and Red Sox. Uh, Red Sox are up two games to one. Uh, game geez. four is tonight in well, New I'm York. Sorry. Game four is Tuesday night. This Tuesday is a night. podcast. That's right, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. That wasn't much of a game on Monday night. No, it was kind of a, and it was unfortunate because I was looking forward to it. I wa- I wanted to watch it, even 
as much as we get both of those clubs beaten into our skull, a playoff matchup between those two is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know what uh, I'll, I'll click uh, to keep track of the ball game. Sure. But, uh, I want to see I want to see the circus as it now enters the 20th century. And I know we lament this with baseball, and I love baseball, but my God, these games take forever. I was going to look up the time. This one at least made the newspaper. Some of the games yeah. over the weekend didn't even make the newspaper. Well, the reason it did, I think first pitch was at 6.40 our time last night. Well, get this. There's no box score for this game. Is what? There, yeah, there is. Boston 16, New York 1. Go to time. 3.41. That's 16 to long. 1 was the final? That's yeah. too long. And I know it's a 17-run game. That's too long. 3.41. What time do they start tonight? This is a podcast. I believe. What time do they start Tuesday, Tuesday night? 7.07 p.m. 7.07 on TBS. Because it's also being carried locally on uh, our former station, 1500 ESPN. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Right. Another good reason to listen. Yeah. All right. Uh, Circus, you said. Oh, it's just wonderful. I, it's right up my alley. I, I love uh, history and nostalgia. And, but I'm old enough to remember the circus. You guys probably. Well, Reavers, you took I've your family to the, cir- to the circus. Yeah, I did. It was kind of a lightweight ding-ding I, circus. I, well, here's why. I feel, first of all, it was at the uh, at the fairgrounds. Sure. Uh, help me. At uh, the Warner and Lee and Rose. Yeah. Uh, Warner Coliseum. So when we did that, it it was. I mean, the boys still had fun. What do they know? They're they're six and three. Do they have a clown fetish or but no? The 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 Fear? main guy, uh, three rings, the ringleader. I was thinking, what's he on whiskey? Is he? Oh yeah. <laughs> he had the stumble. He had a bit of the stumbles. And okay, I think everybody. I learned something last night. Mm. You've heard the phrase. Oh, how did it go? Oh, it was a three ring circus. Three sure. ring circus. Okay, I think I understand the origin of that now. Uh, Nutty. P. T. Barnum, Phileas. Phineas Taylor Barnum, he introduced the third ring, and what, and he didn't care that it was confusing to people. He just wanted to always be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. He just wanted the best show on earth. Yep. And, and what happened was the patrons were getting neck sprains trying to watch what's going on in each ring. So I bet that's where the phrase comes from. Too much action. Yeah, it's too much going on. It was a three ring circus. Mm. Yeah. But I remember going to you know the old Civic Center. And watching the guys in the bikes and the big ball of death or whatever. It was cool. Oh, yeah. But the circus, they get to town and all the kids would show up. And and if they helped put up the tent, they'd get a ticket to the circus. Oh, man. Really? Oh, yeah. That was pretty interesting. Did you, you would Child do it labor. then? Would you do it? Uh, well, that that's a little before my time. I never yeah. had that opportunity. Yeah. You wasn't coming through Matamita. No, no. Um, was there only a two-ring circus prior to the three? Yeah, probably. Well, probably it started with a one-ring circus. Sure. Then a two-ring circus. Pick it up a notch. And then we went to the three-ring circus, and that became confusing for the customers. People so there going, would be, Whoa. yeah, maybe the elephant standing on the stool in one, and then you got the lady on the trapeze. Have or you something? ever heard of the famous uh, circus elephant Jumbo? Sure. Well, I learned about Jumbo. Jumbo was uh, kept at the London Zoological Gardens. It was a treasured, I don't want to use the I word, it was a treasured, uh, it was a treasured beast in, yeah. in, in, in London. It was well cared for. And, but apparently Barnum made an offer they couldn't turn down. He bought it for 10 grand, which what today would be a couple mil probably. Right. And uh, that, there was a hue and cry. But uh, Jumbo ended up over here in the circus. Do you think, um, much like our pet goldfish as a kid, we went through a few Jumbos? In other words, oh, we lost Jumbo. I'll just get another Jumbo out there. No, elephants were the key to a successful circus. Well, sure. sure. you got to have a good elephant. Yeah, you got to have elephants.
Jumbo the Elephant, born 1861. Why yep. would they know that? And then because died. it was a very famous large African male elephant. Yeah, but, but when but, it was born, yeah, it, it was wasn't born. like, you know, on the hot seat. 1885. Is that when it was sold? 24, and that's when it died. Oh. It's 24 years well, old. Well, how long of a run did it have with the circus, I wonder? Uh, so I'm looking up. Jumbo the Elephant was a 19th century male African bush elephant. Okay, born in Sudan. Yeah. Uh, and it, despite public protest, uh, it was sold to Barnum, yep. who took it to the U.S. in March of 1882. So he got three years out of it? Well, wait a minute. Did Jumbo then, was this the inspiration behind the Disney film yes, Dumbo? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Okay. I'm sure it was. Cause of, oh no. Oh no. What? Cause of death. Jumbo. Okay. Overwork. No. I hit, uh, the Which train. you'll be protected from if you live to be 100. I'm not going to die from that. Yeah, right. It was <laughs> 3 a.m. outside the night, the <laughs> elephant nightclub. Uh, it was hit by a locomotive. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised the locomotive didn't get knocked off the tracks. Well, they have a picture of it. It was in Ontario. Jim, we said get Jumbo off the tracks. Right. It's on its side, and people are taking a big picture with it. Yeah. That's terrible. Probably an early version of the selfies, huh? Oh, surviving fragments from Jumbo. Oh, gross. What's, what's yeah. that? I hope that's his leg. Whoa. Well, the elephants were even Holy part fuck. of the work crew. They would unfold the canvas by rolling it along oh, with their sure. with their head. They had strength. Oh, they were marvelous. Marvelous animals. I oh. hope they were well treated. Barnum eventually. I have a feeling they might not. Have done. Well, they stuffed. They uh, stuffed Jumbo? Jumbo. And Barnum eventually donated the stuffed Jumbo to Tufts University, where it was displayed at P.T. Barnum Hall there for many years. Really? The hide was destroyed. Of God, oh, way back when they were so dumb in the 70s. The hide was destroyed in a fire in April 1975. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so Jumbo's no longer with us in any capacity. And here's what's really sad. Ashes from that fire, which are believed to contain the elephant's remains, are kept in a 14-ounce Peter Pan crunchy peanut butter jar <laughs> in the office of the AD at Tufts. Really? What a sad way to end up. I'll say. Yeah. See you tomorrow. I got you. That and more on Jumbo the Elephant. GarageLogic.com. Don't forget to rate us. Tell your friends and relatives. If you need to email us, you can email Joe, GLJoe, at GarageLogic.com. See Reavers, R-E-U-V-E-R-S, at GarageLogic.com. Or Rookie at GarageLogic.com. We'll see you for the next podcast. Thanks for tuning in.